Good morning, world. You're listening to Ruminations of Red Rum on RRN, the Ruminations Radio Network, recording down here in the dungeon. I'm Brendan, and I'll be banging the drum for you with my co-hosts, Ian, with Dewey's. How you doing? It's a good intro, Brendan. I respect it. I I stole it nearly verbatim. Oh, well, then never mind. (laughs) From the movie we just watched, but how you doing? I'm doing fine, doing good. Um, yeah, just just fine. I got a free burrito the other day from Chipotle. Oh, yeah. How did you, you score that? He um, he <laughs> saw the shirt I was wearing, the shirt that I wear every single Saturday, and um, he was like, "Hey, yo, where'd you get that sweater?" And I was like, eh, "I don't know. I just got it online." He's like, "If you know, you know." And then he just bought me my. He just paid for my burrito. Do you mean to tell me that you now is this a Chipotle worker? That yeah, commented? yeah, he was okay. a worker. So you go there every Saturday? Every Saturday, yeah. I've never seen him though. That was the first time. <laughs> okay. Nice. What have you been uh, watching recently, dude? I had a really good week. Watched a lot of uh, three and a half and four uh, star movies. Um, I'd like to talk about all of them, but I know I can't. Um, I'll do A Ghost Waits. I watched that finally. Um, after Brendan watched it, I was like, yeah, might as well follow suit, you know. Uh, it was cute. It was um, sad. And it's probably my favorite A24-like movie. That's not an A24 movie. Mm. Uh, I also watched Crying Freeman. Shout out to Mark DeCascos in this manga adaptation banger. Uh, that is Crying Freeman. Now that's Iron Chef guy, right? That is Mark DeCascos from Iron Chef and 1997's hit action film, Drive. And Brotherhood of the Wolf, but not the one with Ryan Gosling. Um, have you been, uh, I, I saw you've been playing, still playing your NHL? No, no, we got out first round. It's been a while. Actually. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Source subject. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but I've been playing through Pokemon Emeralds, uh, mm. and I'm finally gonna beat it all the way through. I've, uh, don't take that out of context, but um, I've played the game like probably 15 times, but I've never beat it. Never beat it. Who did uh, who'd you start with? Uh, Mudkip. I always start with Mudkip. Oh, interesting. Always. Why do you always stop? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because when you're a kid and you just find another game, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. Nice. Good to know. Also with us is the ever charismatic, the skin of the D himself, Kyle. Good morning. I woke up today and watched a quote unquote zombie movie, quote unquote zombie movie. Let's talk about it. So, um, you know, my, my day's going all right so far. I've, I'm on my third cup of coffee. Uh, decaf or regular? Great question. Thank you for asking. I had two regular, and I'm on my third, which is now decaf. Mm -hmm. So I got to cut back before I get my afternoon coffee back on track. You know, I go through like (laughs) six a day. We'll see what happens. Um, I've been watching a few films. Thanks for asking, Brennan. And the first one (laughs) is actually The Burbs, 1989, directed by Joe Dante. It's a Tom Hanks film. Uh, it's one of my favorite childhood films. Growing up, I've watched it more times than i can count and it's a feel-good movie for me it's one of those where where if i'm ever in a rut or it's actually just one i have to revisit every so often because i just it's it's held so close to my heart i love it it makes me laugh every time it never gets old um and it's got a banger cast so um i also watched a film a 2006 film called pathogen which is a Outbreak zombie film um, directed by Emily Hagens. Uh, I thought it was cute, and it reminded me a lot of uh, movies I used to make with my friends back in like junior high. 
Uh, it was directed by her when she was 12 years old. So the movie's directed by a 12 year old. <laughs> and and uh, you could tell it's not a particularly well made movie, but it's a lot of the reviews on Letterboxd give it more credit than I think it deserves because it was directed by a 12 year old. And that makes sense. But um, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. And I think it's an interesting part of history as far as film history goes. And, uh, you know, I'll skip over Empire Records. I'll just say that's one of the best 90s movies, hands down. But I did break my Gasper No Cherry with a Ooh. movie called Carne or Carney or Carn. Uh, hmm? 1991. And uh, it's obviously the guy knows how to use a camera. <laughs> Uh, it was a very well-directed movie. Uh, the cinematography was cool. It was interesting. Um, uh, it just left a little to be desired. Um, I, I, it, it is a short film, so it's only 38 minutes long. Uh, I looked it up just on Letterboxd, seeing what his filmography was. I saw the description. It sounded interesting. And the fact that it was 38 minutes was even more appealing to me. So I was like, fuck <coughs> it. I'll start with something small with him. And... Uh, it, it was good. Um, I'm interested to watch the second part, which is I Stand Alone, which is mm, so much better. Yeah. Carney was, or you know, however you want to say it, is uh, apparently like a precursor to that film. So, yeah, I'm interested in watching that. Um, it's just it's really hard to get. So I actually ordered. I guess it's not that hard. You could snag it on Amazon, but um, you can't rent it or stream it anywhere. So um, I ordered it from Z Records, and it should be in soon. So I'm going to go check that out. But that's really all I've been up to. Oh, uh, I went to Ikea for the first time yesterday. Ooh. We're uh, redoing, we're trying to like refurnish our house. And uh, Ikea is kind of a fucking trip. I hate it. Uh, there's <laughs> way too many people there. And the it's like an amusement park for adults. It's really weird. Um. They kind of guide you, and there's a bunch of fucking, like, little mini houses set up in, like, a giant warehouse, and you, like, pick from the furniture in these, like, mini scenes that they, like, set up for you, and then you go down into a warehouse, and you have to grab the boxes yourself mm -hmm. and put everything on a fucking... It's, it's a trip, and it's got a fucking restaurant inside, like an Italian food court. Uh, it's, it's, it's fucking wild, but, yeah, that was interesting. Did you get you some of them meatballs? You know, everybody talks about the meatballs. And then I looked it up and uh, I saw there was like, a huge thing where it's like horse meat or whatever. Yeah. But um, apparently they changed that. I did not get the meatballs. I refused to eat at Ikea. <laughs> I didn't even want to be there. So um, I'm not going to eat their meatballs. But uh, they did sell them in a giant freezer on the way out. Like they try to push the meatballs on you in like one last attempt. Like they put them right by the doors. Like, hey, I know you got your furniture, but you sure you don't want to grab a bag of meatballs? And I'm like, dude. Get rid of the meatballs. And so I left. But that was, uh, that was a fun experience. Is it wrong to eat horse meat? I was just thinking that. Like, uh, I feel like that's not too bad. Well, the movie Carney, Carney, <laughs> uh, that's all about uh, a butcher that sells horse meat and stuff. So, Oh, hell yeah. yeah and okay. you didn't eat the meatballs. I didn't eat the meatballs. Well, I saw the movie after. Now that Ooh. I know that they were made of horse meat, now I really want to go back and get them. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Yeah. Dude, I'm afraid of horses, and I, I was bit by a horse, so it's only natural for me to want like an eye for an eye, and I want to buy a horse. Where did the horse bite you? It bought, it bit me in, on my back, and I have a picture of it. Do you have a scar? No. Oh, that would have been a cool story to tell a chick. No. What, but, what uh, happened? Dude, what happened dude. to get the horse to bite you? Um, I was just standing there, and a group of people who uh, our objective was to <laughs> uh, tame these wild horses in this pen. And um, yeah, this horse just came along. He sniffed me, bit me on my back, and the trainer was like, "Don't be afraid." And then it just trampled this dude right in front of me. Yeah, uh, they say uh, horses have a good sense of character, and you're the only one that got bit, right? Well, some dude got like trampled on. So, uh, okay, well, you guys are both pieces of shit. So, yeah. and then she was as like he was getting stepped on. She was like, "Don't, don't show them fear." <laughs> uh, that's cool. Yeah. So I have that. That is lovely. Brendan, uh, what have you been up to? <laughs> Thanks. Um, 
<clears throat> so hey, I, and what have you been up to? I, I kind of took a page out of, <coughs> so I took a page out of Kyle's book with, <coughs> oh my God. <coughs> Were you coughing a lot? Is that what he does? Yeah. With, oh. um, with creating a, <coughs> a letterbox mm. for, um, <coughs> fuck me. When and where? Uh, um, for creating a letterbox ranking um, instead of Rutger Hauer movies, uh, Stephen McCaddy movies. So I watched <clears throat> Come to Daddy with um, <coughs> with Daddy with, with Elijah Wood um, and uh, Stephen McCaddy. Uh, I also watched Dreamland. Which wait wait uh, hold on what did, you, what did you think of coming to Daddy? Oh yeah, sorry yeah. Um, it was cool. Uh, it was enjoyable. I think I gave it three and a half and a heart. Um, I've been waiting to watch this movie for a long time. I don't know why I haven't watched it yet. Um, but it was an interesting twist. Uh, it's kind of like a little bit like M Night Shyamalan's The Visit, but actually entertaining. Is that a spoiler? Not really. Why would that okay. be a spoiler? Have Have you seen Come to Daddy? Yeah. So like, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why it's not a spoiler because it's nothing like the visit. Yeah, that's why. It's kind of why I questioned it. The visit's stupid. Well, you know, that's why I said it's like the visit, but enjoyable. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I liked it. Uh, I really liked the twist that was about halfway through. Um. I kind of saw it coming, Uh, but yeah, it was enjoyable. And Stephen McCaddy uh, is uh, Bay. Um, The other movie I watched was Dreamland, which was directed by the guy that directed Pontypool and written by Tony Burgess, uh, the guy who wrote Pontypool. Uh, this is a pseudo prequel to Pontypool. Um, I did not really enjoy it. Uh, <clears throat> there was really nothing interesting about it except there's a gang of children that all smoke cigarettes. Uh, and I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but, uh, Stephen McCaddy plays a hitman and a trumpet player, and he gets a hit on the trumpet player, more or less. So he has to basically try and kill himself, which I think is pretty fantastic. I like how he plays, uh, two different characters in the movie. Um, so just a quick mention, I've been watching, have you guys watched, uh, Cursed Films on Shudder? No, it it's a series that basically just goes into like uh troubled movie sets, and uh the one that was most interesting was the Max Landis disaster piece, uh the Twilight Zone movie, where two children and an actor died on set, and I wasn't expecting this, but they show the helicopter chopping the children in half. Um, that caught me so off guard wait like uh, real time? that's a real thing yeah yeah so basically what happened was uh max landis wanted the helicopter to fly five feet lower than the pyrotechnics people said that it should because there were flames going off or explosions and then flames uh and max landis was like no i think it would look better if the chopper was flying lower um <clears throat> And when they shot it, the pyrotechnics went off. It rocked the helicopter. The helicopter lost control and uh, chopped two children and an actor right in half. Holy. Yeah. Jeez. And they show the whole they show the whole fucking clip. I didn't I like obviously I knew that I knew of the story. I just didn't know that there was an actual clip of it. So when they showed it, I was caught so off guard. Wait, so the clip is of the real people getting chopped in half. Yeah. Not like a dramatization nope nope it is the real <laughs> fucking thing that's some like faces of death shit right there it is it is i uh, that that's why i was like there's no way they would if there's a clip of it there's no way they would show it and then they showed it and i am a 
changed man. Interesting. Wow. Um, um, what, what was that movie that you watched before the Chris films? Uh, Dreamland. Dreamland. Was that the in relation to the clip at the very end past the credits for this movie? No. So that is... Uh, that is going to be, uh, I'll, I'll, I was going to get into it a little bit later, but that's basically the beginning to Pontypool changes, which is the second film that's in development. Um, <clears throat> uh, I think that they kind of wrote that, that he wrote and they made dreamland as kind of a getting, <clears throat> getting their feet back in the water. So, uh, there were three films written. Uh, I, I don't know what the first one's called. Uh, the second one is Pontypool Changes. And then the third one that they that he wrote was Pontypool. Um, and they just figured that since Pontypool is the first in the series, they decided that they were going to make that one first. Mm-hmm. Um, so that clip at the end should be the beginning of Pontypool Changes. But it's not in relation. Like, it's it's not in the same world. It's in the same world. I just think it's more of a they have a uh, a heightened uh a heightened uh version of what they think they are now because of what they've gone through um if that makes any sense like they they, they grant yeah. massey thinks that he's a badass but it, now but it it makes sense do you, do you want to just get into the movie now then um because <clears throat> we pretty much are getting to the movie yeah, now. yeah okay um, okay <laughs> so uh today we're talking about 2008's or it was released in 2009 um pool uh entertainment weekly called it one of the top 25 zombie movies and consequence of sound ranked it as the 42nd scariest movie ever made Pontypool is written by Tony Burgess, which was adapted from his 1995 novel, Pontypool Changes Everything, which was the second book in the Pontypool trilogy. Tony Burgess, not to be confused with Anthony Burgess, who wrote A Clockwork Orange, uh, his most popular book, uh, re-released Pontypool Changes Everything in 2014 um, in the official Pontypool trilogy series titled The Beautily Mayhem. Uh, I have just finished reading that, and it is a chore. Uh, the three stories are The Hellmouths of Beaudley, Pontypool Changes Everything, and Cesaria. Um, not to be confused with Sicario. Um, so now, without... Or Lucario. Or, or that, yeah. Uh, so without further ado, uh, let's talk about one of my favorite all-time zombie movies. Uh, Ian, I want to kick it off to you. Uh, basically, what do you think of the movie? And as always, uh, where did you watch it? And would you buy or rent it or add it to your collection? Can I get something off my chest first? Sure. That's what we're here for. The, the fact that people keep calling these infection movies zombie movies is kind of frustrating. And I do not like it. This is not a zombie movie. It is an infection movie. Comments? Okay. Well, I I, I think you're wrong, but but so like how? Uh, okay, again, so zombies again, are... again like, like like I said for the sadness. If the creator of something calls it a zombie movie, and and just because you're a zombie doesn't mean you have to, you want to eat flesh or or you're you're undead a, a zombie is a thing that can encompass many different ideas okay i've okay the the webster definition of zombie it does not meet um the urban definition of zombie i'll read this out and maybe this can clear things up or maybe add more to the conversation a deceased human being who has partially returned to life Due to undeterminable causes, the brain retains base facilities, namely gross motor function. In its rear mindless state, it grasps no remains of emotion, personality, or sensation of pain. In rare cases, some of the reanimated have performed routine activities from their past lives. So whether it's Urban or Webster... I think the main thing to take away here is a deceased human being who has partially returned to life. 
because that's the connection between the two. But look, look at Serpent in the Rainbow. That's a zombie movie, and they're not dead. That was one of the one of the greater um, zombie movies. Serpent and the Rainbow. Did I watch that one? It's Is the that... one with the white face on the cover. Yeah, uh, yeah. Reaching out in the like voodoo magic. The guy goes to Africa and yeah. So okay. in 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 the like Webster, if you will, definition, it states, and I quote, "Okay, come back to me." <laughs> Okay, hold on. Either way, a, a it's dead. Is speechless human as in voodoo belief and in fictional stories. So it's all fictional stuff. The original zombie definition does have something to do with voodoo, supernatural abilities coming back from the dead. Then you got Romero, uh, where the just the dead are returning to life. There are different evolutions, I guess you can say, if you want to call it that, and different interpretations of the definition of zombie. I don't know if these particular people in Pontypool are dying and returning back to life, but we saw one of them die and not come back to life. So that would go against the definitions. But Brendan, you're saying that it really kind of depends on how the creator defines it, right? Well, not not only that, I think that a zombie can kind of be whatever the fuck we want it to be just because the majority of zombie films we've seen are the dead coming back to life doesn't mean that that's what a zombie needs to be i mean you you know until you get to the point where grant and um uh sydney kind of realize how to reverse the virus before that you were fucking dead if you got this so what's it matter if you were already dead and came back to life, or if you contract this virus and you're gonna be fucking dead no matter what. They weren't dead though. And I think in like But they I, died. I, don't, I don't I don't think that I've seen a zombie movie okay. where they've cured someone being a zombie. Every zombie movie is about them working to find a cure. Yeah. But infection movies, they do find cures. But they also find cures in some zombie movies. Which one? Uh, let's see. Um, I actually I did write this down earlier because I thought this would come up. Um, hold on, come back to me on that one. A good me. question would be the people in I Am Legend. What are they? Because they kind of get cured, but I don't know what the fuck they are. Well. And uh, I am the, legend the movie, they're yeah. kind of portrayed as vampires, whereas oh. in the original novel and in the Vincent Price movie adaptation, they are kind of they walk a fine line in that because they are zombies in the original source material. That's how they explain them. Mm -hmm. And then it takes an evolution through Omega Man, which is a movie that tries to make an adaptation based on the book, and then I Am Legend, which kind of turns them into vampires. So in I Am Legend, I would say they're more vampires than they are zombies. Okay. That kind of makes sense, why they don't come out at, in, during the day and all that, and they're afraid of light. Okay, that makes sense. Um, uh, Overlord and The Cured. Overlord. Okay, okay. I guess it kind of just depends on where you come down on how... how I guess, OG, you want to think about this in your mind, because the original description and the original interpretation are people that have come back from the dead, and there's been many adaptations and people playing loosely with the word since. I kind of, I hate to sit on the fence, but I do agree with both of you. I, I, I lean more on Ian's side on this one, though, um, where I think instead of referring to these kind of things as zombies and just putting them in one lump huge category maybe we should be making other terms for these type of movies and maybe we should be calling them something else instead of just categorizing everything in just a one big large kind of a bucket and just call yeah. them all zombies i think maybe we should break it down a little bit more but i understand that a lot of these movies the creatures or the monsters in question do share a lot of similar traits with the original source material of this stuff so i could see both sides of the argument but i do think that maybe we should start making new words and descriptions for these things instead of just calling everything 
that's bloodied and walking and shambling and mindless zombies. Uh, I, I, I do have an answer for that, actually. Um, so in the book, they are referred to as zombies, but in the script, they're referred to as conversationalists. See, that's what I'm saying. That is cool. Calling them conversationalists. That is something that's unique. That is something that is exclusive to that story. I'd be fine with that. But but, but before we get any further, yeah. Ian, <laughs> give me your thoughts on this movie. Yo, no, fuck I, this movie. <laughs> I enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed the conversation. I did too. I did. No, too. It's, it's, a, it's a valid debate. I mean, yeah, and like yeah. concern with people. So, um, yeah, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to fuck this movie. Um, but I mean, I would fuck the main character that, that he's, he has a sexy voice and. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And he's like, uh, he's like this, he, he, he kind of reminds me of like Michael from Alaska. But like a skinnier version, you know. Oh, you think you call Michael, Michael fat? Chubby. <laughs> I this this guy's skinny. All right, so That's I'm just true. saying That's he's true. he's a he's a little more hefty. Michael, than, than I just want to let you know that whatever your body type, we accept you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe you should use a treadmill occasionally. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's, it's healthy for you, you know. It's healthy. <laughs> Um, I respect the uniqueness of the film. I think it is a very interesting take. Um, I I read a lot of reviews on this before I went in, and a lot of them said um, that it was boring um, and and very slow. I didn't find that at all. I didn't. Um, I thought it had um, regular pacing. Um, it's only like an hour and a half, so um, yeah, it's fine. Uh, the infected people, I thought it could have had more of, um, but uh, it's a it's a fine film. It's fine. It's good. Where did you watch it, or is it hashtag barely legal? Unfortunately, yeah, it's it's hashtag. Yeah. W- would you buy it though? I would. Yeah, yeah, I would. Kyle, I enjoyed this movie. Um, I feel like this is something that I would have rated a lot higher 10 years ago. Um, but I agree with Ian. The pacing of the movie was perfectly fine. I do think it started slow. Um, but then once you get to the middle, I think the, the gradual ramp up makes more sense on why it was started that way. Um, like I've said before on previous podcasts, I actually love zombie movies that are claustrophobic and self-contained and this was one of them and i appreciated that i liked how they didn't show the events happening outside they didn't need to we're all familiar with zombie fiction we know what's happening outside we can picture it with our minds but still not seeing it left like you wanted more but you understood that your own thoughts were kind of creating it for you and it was really interesting i like that um I would have sex with the main character. And um, I, I do think the ending was a little disappointing. Uh, but knowing that there's sequels m- maybe coming, um, I'm a little bit more forgiving about it now. And I do think that this would probably be better as a book. And I'm kind of more interested to read the novel uh, now that I know that there is one, but uh, as far as the movie, I did enjoy it. I uh, watched it on DVD, and I already purchased it, so it's a part of my collection. Brennan, this, what did you think? This isn't gonna, gonna gonna be one of the ones going in the trash, so that makes me happy. I, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so I have watched this movie three times in the past week, um, which marks only my fourth time seeing this movie the first time was like five or six years ago um so the book is a lot different uh the book is all over ontario or ontario um i don't want to piss people it's ontario it's ontario um the book is absolutely fantastic and I really like the different style of storytelling that that Burgess took for 
um, for the movie. I actually, so this is going to kind of lead into my first question for you guys. Um, I, he said that he was inspired by the Orson Welles radio shows of the day. Mm. Um, and are you guys familiar with the whole war, the world's debacle that happened? No, no. Uh, so basically Orson Welles read war of the worlds on the radio. And I think it was like the forties or the fifties maybe. And people freaked the fuck out because they thought that shit was real. Um, so I, I just love that whole refined aspect of storytelling where Kyle, you kind of said they make you build the story in your head of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my first question is, uh, even though you guys, you know, even though you guys didn't read the book, how do you feel about how they went about telling the story of the zombies through, you know, Ken Loney and the helicopter and the occasional, uh, things that were coming in over the wire and the reports of people on scene? Uh, how, how did you guys feel about that? I think it made it, um, a little more unique. Um, than other zombie films and uh, i wish i was more um, engaged in the outer world conversations um, like the descriptions of the the people going into the into the building that blew up and um, that that sort of thing but um, i don't know it just didn't hit me as uh, as much as i wish it did I disagree with Ian. I I think if it showed more of the conversations going on outside and the groups and the survivors outside, I think that would have changed the entire dynamic of the movie and not made it Pontypool. I mean, I think it would have made it a zombie, like a a traditional zombie movie. And I think that's where this movie does shine is I do like how you have to kind of build these characters backstories up based on just dialogue that's happening with the main characters and these are the only characters you know but you're getting the description of everybody else through them and how they see them and i think the dynamic of uh the main character learning these characters with the audience through the people that have lived in this town for a long time was an interesting take and uh i quite enjoyed it i i don't think that um the there needed to be more i think it was enough but um i just wish i was more engaged in that um in that aspect of the of the film brennan um oh yeah no i uh i the the juxtaposition between the book and this i think that in in the book in the book uh he they he sometimes goes a little too far with things um, that are happening in the outside world that that really do well with world building, but don't have much story value. Um, mm. So I like how they ba- they they force this movie into one location. Um, did did you guys find any uh, moments of comedy in this? Mm, not really. I uh, w- w- one of the the funniest things I thought was the uh, there's four clocks on the wall, um, yeah. and each one is set to the same exact same time. time. <laughs> I thought that that was absolutely hysterical, and uh, the uh, the Lawrence of the Arabians. What, what was your guys' thoughts on that? I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I liked when like as. <laughs> A kind of payback. He just had the guy on the phone the whole time. You like just <laughs> just having him listen to him. The description was funny. It was a it was, yeah, it was like this is Osama bin Laden, and he held the phone <laughs> up to them. That, I liked that was more, funny. I liked more the subtle stuff, like like the clocks was funny, but just his facial expressions when he would learn more about like the town and the people in it, and like their weird quirks, like the helicopter guy, and like. I just thought it was like his reactions to me were funnier than like the stuff that they were trying to obviously hit with comedy. I, I do think that one of the funniest moments is spoiler when a uh, Ken Loney dies, he's like, Oh, so uh, I guess he was one of your friends. And she was like, no, he was a pedophile, <laughs> but he wasn't. And <laughs> that was, was, so that was supposed to be like a comedic moment, right? Uh, I think I, so. I don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it just confused me a little. Um, I yeah, no, it it 
definitely doesn't make sense because she even then goes on to state that he wasn't a pedophile. They just didn't leave their kids near him. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of thought it was funny how uh, the juxtaposition of when he dies, the death rattle that he hears from uh, that 17 year old kid is a child's voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I thought that that scene was a little confusing and weird, though, too. Like, I, it set it up like we were supposed to start to feel sad and cry, and then we're like, oh, wait, are we supposed to laugh or are we supposed to feel sad? I, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be feeling right now. Um, yeah. Because he was like uh, one of the main characters and he died off and he was like, no, then she she started crying. He was like, he's a pedophile. He actually wasn't. Yeah, he even had that like touching moment where he says goodbye to him and stuff. Yeah, yeah, just see that that did seem a little off. I agree. Um, So I I think I know the answer to this, Um, but who was your guys's favorite character? Hmm. Good question. No, I'm just kidding. It's Grant, obviously. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no. Without yeah, a doubt. It's, it's, I mean, it's got to be Grant, obviously. I, I, I think it's supposed to be, but um, I, I liked when the doctor came into play, though. I thought I that like added a cool, well. cool dynamic, and it started to clear up some questions that you had. It started to move the story forward a little bit. Uh, I liked when he was brought in, and uh, he went out like a fucking badass saving the day yeah he did so um it was a little subtle though because i thought he was just like i thought they were gonna follow him but they didn't and he kind of saved the day but he did did he really well yeah i mean he you hear him running out shouting at them and then they move away from the door then she goes he's saving our lives but then they just stayed in the room after that until they left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, would it surprise you guys to know that Grant Ma- that Stephen McCaddy is married to the girl that plays Sydney Breyer? No. No. They look um like a couple. If that he likes him young, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because yeah, he's uh he's seventy six and she's um holy um uh, they had some good chemistry uh like the little bickering but you could sense like a a source of love there. Hey, how long is it, as long as it's legal, age is just a number. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> age is just. Yeah, a she number. didn't look young. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> how did you guys feel about the 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 kill means kiss um uh scene of them realizing like how to fight the virus kyle i'm gonna let you take this one at this part of the movie i still was trying to understand what was going on i was still trying to piece together the clues as why this infection was spreading how it was spreading so um, it was kind of like this, uh, huge breakthrough moment for the characters, but I was still, I still had questions. So it wasn't, it still didn't click with me. And I, as of right now, I'm still not certain how any of it works. I agree completely. There was a lot of, uh, um, times where, uh, I didn't really, uh, I, I found the dialogue a little hard to follow. They'd be talking about one thing, which would be the story, and then they would just branch off into like the cat situation, and they would come back to the story very suddenly, and uh, it kind of took me by surprise, and I would kind of have to like readjust to like what exactly they were talking about again. At this point in the story, um, so, so Brendan, you saw the movie before you read the book, right? Yes. Okay, so at this point in the movie, how were you feeling when they were, like, this kiss-kill moment? Um, so, uh, one, uh, this is absolutely my favorite scene in the movie, um, and I can elaborate on that in a minute, but I think it's important 
that we normalize not fully understanding things. Like, I think it's okay to enjoy something without being able to fully comprehend what's going on. But my my feeling is kind of uh, Tony Burgess tried to write a script to make us feel like we're going through the in the book they go a lot more over how the disease make the disease makes people like uh feel like they're constantly going through deja vu and not truly understanding what's going on in their life so i think that that's kind of important important to know that when you're watching this movie i you're kind of supposed to feel like that that idea of i don't know what's happening but you also do kind of know what's happening uh in 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 a sense um so i i really like that whole um we are made to feel like we don't know what's happening and is that how you felt at that moment that you still didn't know what was happening um i i was able to 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 pick up on what was happening but i also still didn't fully under like i i was getting the main points that they were trying to get across, but I, I didn't, and I would wager to say, I still don't really know the full intricacies um, of what's going on, but I, I think that's okay. So without the context of the book, and I get your standpoint on that, but like without the context of the book and your first time viewing, what makes that scene your most, like your favorite scene? Um, so, so it's just, uh, I think it's like a one or two minute one or, um, where they're just going kill means kiss kill means kiss kiss means all all this stuff and the camera slowly panning in and once that they realize that she's kind of cured of the virus she just looks at him and says kill me and then they just kiss and i'm like that's fucking hot yeah i liked i like that uh, piece of dialogue um so uh uh, would you guys ever read the book? Yeah, absolutely. I would probably buy it. This uh, The film has me interested to know more. And I think uh, since it is the same writer, like since the guy who wrote the novel did write the book, it's good to have like very tight connections to each other, I think. And it's obviously from the source material, from the person, from his mind. So I think knowing more would you know, be something I'd be interested in for sure. I have heard from a couple reviews that the movie is actually better than the book, or they liked the movie way more than the book. Um, so I'd be interested to see the translation between that, like what the director did differently mm-hmm. to make it better, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, t- to make it more appealing to a wider audience. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I could understand how the book does not appeal to people because it at points gets very tedious. Uh, but I, I'm I'm done kind of uh, harping on the book. Um, do you guys have any uh, any final thoughts before we go into final thoughts? Hmm. Let me think. Hold on. We did the zombie argument. We did. You guys want to take a thick piss break? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. I could. I could go for a pee. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take a ruminations of red rum official thick piss break. Please enjoy this. Uh, these messages from the other amazing shows that are on the Ruminations Radio Network. You've been listening to another fine, fine podcast on the Rumination Radio Network. This is Game Agent E.T. from Oh God, It Hurts! And we hope you keep on listening to our fine, fine podcast here on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Uh, Alright, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed uh, those words from the other people. Uh, like the I other said, people. <laughs> no. Those like, other people. Like I said, if you enjoy what we're doing here, uh, check out the Ruminations Radio Network. Um, there are some fantastic shows on there. Um, so we are back to give 
final thoughts unless there was anything you guys wanted to talk about uh from the movie before we moved on if you don't i don't i feel good i'm good all right all right so uh ian hit me with your final thoughts god this was a weird one um it was kind of a situation where my mind's telling me no but my body is telling me yes um I'm fine with movies being confusing and not making any sense to me, but this felt like it was trying to make sense and, but just being more confusing. Um, so that's my brain being like, nah, but I did enjoy the film and I liked the acting. Um, I liked the setting. I didn't think it was, um, uh, dull for just being in like a a, rec- a basement of a church um <laughs> essentially um so yeah um i'm gonna give it three and a half no heart kyle i think i pretty much summed it up well in the beginning of my intro but um i enjoyed the film i thought that um, like it hit all the check boxes for me. Um, I liked that for a zombie outbreak themed film, it was self contained. Um, the minimal cast of characters uh, drove the story forward and they were fun to watch. I love the main actor. Um, I love how it kept me guessing all the way until the end. Um, but then the end was kind of a letdown. Uh, I don't think it paid off as well um, as I'd liked it to. Uh, I would have probably given it a higher rating for sure if the ending was a little different um but i did enjoy it i would recommend it i'm glad i own it and i also give this movie a three and a half but i'm going to give it a heart oh you guys um wait kyle did you, you saw the end credit scene right i did okay um i so my rating on this oh sorry 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 I also want to just say that I feel like I was supposed to feel something during his monologue at the end, but I just didn't. And uh, that's all. Go ahead. Um, my review of this is going to be biased because I just absolutely love this movie so fucking much. Um, the... The book is fantastic, but I love the change that they made from making it all over Canada to one singular location. I love the radio story <laughs> aspect of it. I love uh, the subtlety of it all. I love Grant Massey. I love his voice. Um, the stage play version of this is also very fun to read. Um, this is just one of my all-time favorite i'm gonna say it zombie movies uh i'm giving it five with a heart that gives it a ruminations of red rum official rating of four Mm -hmm. with a heart and you know what i'm happy with that a four i think that's i can see that it's deserving that now Brings us to Is it friend? Is it friend? Is it friend? I don't know. Fresh or rotten. The show, the game show, where we read the description of a movie on Rotten Tomatoes, and our contestants have to guess whether it's fresh or whether it's rotten based on the audience score. And the winner of this show at the end of the year will be receiving a 15 foot tall wooden dobby statue um 15 feet i really gotta find a way to get this thing it's gonna happen it's gonna happen that's uh, uh i feel like i inflate it every time i say it um so uh guys are you ready i'm ready I just picture like a Wicker Man situation of of the Dobby doll in your possession, Brendan. Just like me in the in the fucking town square of Montclair, just burning this Dobby effigy. Yeah. Um. All right. Movie number one. Bert 
a college student vacationing with friends in the mountains, mistakenly shoots a local man with a skin infection while hunting in the woods. Panicking, he abandons the scene and leaves the man for dead. When the man stumbles into a reservoir, he infects the water supply, and soon one of Bert's friends becomes infected. The friends struggle to stop the contagious flesh-eating disease while on the run from an from a group of ornery backwoods locals out for revenge. I think I know this movie. This Genre is Cabin Fever. Yeah, it's horror. Cabin Fever. I've never seen it, but I'm pretty sure it's Cabin Fever. That 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 was my thought. Hmm. That was my thought. Now, here's the big question. Which Cabin Fever is it? There's a remake, there's the original, there's a sequel. There's like seven movies. Um hmm. This is a good. This is a toughie. Is I'm it Cabin go. Fever versus Sasquatch? <laughs> I'm gonna I go would kill to see that. Fresh. Mm, if it's the first Cabin Fever, I know that people like that movie, so mm-hmm. I will also go fresh. You are both wrong. It is rotten with an audience score of 44. Dang. But it does, it, it does have a critics of 62. It was directed by... Uh, it is written, and direct, it, written by Eli Roth and Randy Perlstein, directed mm. by Eli Roth. This movie came out in 2003. I really thought it was a 2001 movie. Still haven't said the movie yet. <laughs> oh, Cabin Fever. <laughs> cool. All right. <laughs> Making sure the audience knows, that's all. <laughs> um... Guys, okay. fucking Chris is driving down his car in the 101 freeway going, what fucking movie is it? Just say the movie! <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Chris. Um, all right. No points on the board. Are we ready for number two? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. As students prepare for their high school prom, they have no idea a flesh-eating virus is spreading via a popular brand of water. Genre, mystery, thriller, horror. Ooh, this is um, the faculty. Easy. Um, it's rotten. It's not the faculty. <laughs> <laughs> but can you read the description one more time? <laughs> Thank you. As students prepare for their high school prom, when was there a prom in the faculty? They there had was no a prom. And the water was never contaminated. <laughs> they there was no- water in the movie. <laughs> they a lot no- of it, all right? As students prepare for their prom, they have no idea a flesh-eating virus is spreading via a popular water brand. This sounds rotten. But I want to believe it's fresh. Uh, I'm going to go rotten. You are both correct. Guess the percentage. Sounds like a fucking banger. Let me go 23 on that one. I'm going to go 39. Ian, you are the closest getting another point. Let's go. This is. Wait, is he within seven, though? Yeah. Okay, cool. This is 2009's Cabin Fever 2 Spring Fever. Spring uh, written by Joshua Malkin, directed by Adam Smithy, aka Ty West. Ty West was so pissed off with how the producers recut the movie, he petitioned to have his name removed, which is why it is directed by Alan Smithy. Oh, let's um, get that Ty West cut. Yeah, I, want I, the Ty West cut. I would love to see the Ty West cut. Have you guys seen Cabin Fever 2? No, no, it's fucking garbage, but I would love to see his version. Um. Okay, are we ready for number three? Number three. Vacationers think they found the perfect place for a bachelor party, but a deadly flesh-eating virus is waiting to infect them. <laughs> so this is Cabin Fever 3, Revenge of Sasquatch. <laughs> and I'm going to go rotten on this one. <sighs> they can't all be rotten, right? Let's see. <laughs> Um, a bachelor, a ba- uh, is it bachelor or bachelorette? Because that makes a big difference. Bachelor. Mm. That is fucking, <laughs> that's rotten, baby. That's right. You are both correct. Guess the percentage. 
I'm going to give this a 23%. That's a good guess. You're getting better at this, Ian. Yeah. I'm going to say my original guess was 16, but I think that might be playing too low. I'm going to guess. I'm going to go with my I'm going to go with the one I guess on the first one, which is 29. Kyle, you should have stuck with your initial answer. <laughs> it is sitting at a 14%. Oh. It is Cabin Fever Patient Zero, starring oh, Sean Astin. Dang. Sean? I missed it by two points. Yeah. Or two ratings. Damn. Sean Astin, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to watch all three of these now. Um, yeah. All right. So now, Ian, you might get it. You might uh, You might win this. It's a 3-2. Hit me with the fourth cabin fever already. <laughs> Fresh out of college, five friends face the horror of a flesh-eating virus while staying <laughs> at a right remote now. cabin. Heard this one before. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Somebody ran out of time getting the Fresh and Rotten movies. <laughs> oh, this could be Cabin uh, Fever Four. There's no way it's Fresh. Um, resurrection of the Sasquatch. <laughs> Sasquatch. It's gonna be. It's gotta be it's rotten. Gotta be rotten. It's gotta be. Revenge of the Squatch. As there's no way it redeems itself <laughs> after the first three movies. Are you guys both going rotten? I mean, yeah, anything that has like resurrection in the title. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, but. And anything that has <laughs> the number four attached to it is usually, yeah. There, there's no, I don't know what you're talking First of all, there's no number four attached to this title. Um, but true. okay, you're both correct. It's rotten. Guess the fucking percentage. <laughs> Ooh. Uh... You want me to uh, take the lead on this one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. I'd, I'd figure since I'm, you know, behind, I'll do the honors. Yeah. Um,. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go th- thirty-three. It's mm. good guess. This is probably a remake or Resurrection of the Swanch. Um, <laughs> dang, I think it's probably in the thirties. Take your time. Okay. Carry the one, four, divided by, uh, 35. You are both incorrect. This is 2016's Cabin Fever, sitting at a hot, hot, hot 12%. Dang. Remake. I have seen all three of the movies, and I can tell you each one gets worse and worse. Seems like it. Shout out to Squanch, though. Honestly, I would love to see that. Cabin Fever versus Squatch. I want to see a Squanch movie now. Is there a good Sasquatch movie? Oh, I'm sure. Well, I don't know if about a, like a good one, but I know that there's Sasquatch movies out there for sure. Uh, Willow, this week. Uh, Willow Creek, uh, directed by, written directed by Bobcat Goldthwait. It's a found footage Bigfoot movie. Hmm. Adding right now. But so, Ian, you have another point. How does that make you feel? It's two in a row. That's uh, it's pretty impressive. Catching up to Kyle, I'm I think. Sk- I'm call a streak. Turn over a new leaf. Well, so with another point under Ian's belt, this has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the IFC Midnight of the Ruminations Radio Network. Uh, If you like what we're doing, give us a follow on the old uh, Twitter at of red rum that's of red rum and you can find our discord through there uh is that correct ian just click the link in the twitter bio right yeah yeah just in twitter bio nice well so that being said i have been your host brendan aka grant mazzy aka the new blood and with us as always it's been ian (laughs) Oh, 
God. He squared goes to Ian. Um, already give a shout out to our man in Alaska. Um, stay squanchy, guys. <laughs> squanchy. Uh, <laughs> I like how you're just adding the N in there. Um, and also with us is Kyle with AKA D skin jacket. Mike, now I know that Ian and your ex-wife like to fat shame you, but I just want to let you know that Brendan and I love you for who you are. All right. Stay spooky, folks. That's blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs>